Minimalism is the movement that encourages you to live with less. Less stuff, less possessions, less clutter, and find more joy and more time to focus on what matters. So what is minimalish? It's the grace-filled way of doing the same thing. Sustainable, realistic minimalism that actually makes sense for your life. The Minimalish Podcast is here to help you make life lighter realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hey friend, just popping in before this episode starts to let you know that this episode looks a little different than the more recent episodes of Minimalish. In the beginning, my husband and I started this podcast together as the Minimalist Family Podcast, and it's gone through a few changes along the way. I kept these episodes here because I still believe they are really foundational to explain the minimalism journey my family and I have been on, and they align with what my what Minimalish is all about. It's also pretty fun to have these early episodes on here where my husband and I are both sharing our thoughts on minimalism because, as his wife, his opinions and views on the topic are important to me. All right, that's enough explanation from me. Let's get to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the Minimalist Family Podcast. We are on our third episode. Um, we are excited that you're here with us. And today we're going to talk about how we went from four bedrooms to two bedrooms. So recently we moved from a four bedroom house to its small, a much smaller two bedroom house. Um, we're going to talk about why we did this whenever we knew we were going to plan on growing our family. And we're going to talk about tips for you if you are living in a smaller home or a smaller space and if you plan to in the future. Now, a couple things. We know that we don't live in a tiny home, so I'm not trying to claim that we do. Um, And we know that this home, this two-bedroom home we're in, obviously you can't see it right now. um, But we know that it's not considered a small home in every area of the country or every area of the world. We know that a lot of places, like if you live in New York, you probably might live in a small apartment and that's just the norm. Um, But for us, where we live in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, this is considered a smaller home. So that's kind of what we're going on here. Um, And also, I wanted to say before we start that we don't think it's bad to have a large home um, or just a bigger home than two bedrooms. We don't think that's a bad thing in any way. Um, And we don't think that you should move into a smaller home just for the sake of it. Uh, What we hope with this episode is that it encourages you to feel content with the space that you have, whether you have like six bedrooms or one, and that you would be able to live in it well and not have a want for more space just because our culture tells us that we need bigger and better when it comes to our homes and when it comes to everything, really. So let's talk about our first home. Um, whenever we started searching for a home, we bought a four bedroom home and it was just the two of us. So why did we do that, Nick? Like, why do you think that we decided to buy a four bedroom home? Well, the area we lived in, it was harder to find. I think what we wanted at the time of something maybe smaller, two or three bedroom. And we also had the idea that 
we weren't sure how long we were going to be in that area of Virginia, so we weren't sure if we needed a larger space to grow in, depending on one or two children that we were looking to have. And then we found, it wasn't that we were looking for a four-bedroom home, we were just looking for a home. And when we found that home, it was in an area that we really enjoyed, that we thought was beautiful, and we really liked the layout of the home, though it was pretty big, especially in the beginning before Gemma came, four bedrooms. Heck, we didn't even go upstairs. I don't think we stayed downstairs. So that space, we quickly uh, realized that we didn't need all that space. I don't think we knew that at the time. We weren't minimalist as, as we were looking for uh, buying that first home, but I think that's what helped us with our decision why we chose it. It was in the area that we really liked. Uh, we weren't specifically looking for any t any number of bedrooms. We were just looking for a home that felt right in the right place, uh, and that, that was the one. Yeah, and I think when we were searching for homes initially, we did see homes that were smaller because in the area that we lived in, in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, it's expensive. Homes are expensive there. And the four bedroom home, it just happened to be um, a little more affordable. So I think that was exciting to us. We we're like, okay, we can do this. We can afford this home. And look, it has four bedrooms. It's great. This could be long term for us. Um, but I remember when we were looking at like smaller homes with two bedrooms, where I felt, at least me, I felt like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think we can live in this small space. I think with that home too, it was at the time too good of a deal to pass up. It was within our budget range and it was beautiful. And obviously it was a smart financial choice because we've had to recently sell the home and move and we made good profit off of it. Yeah, so it wasn't negative. Um, I think the only negative part was that at the time, and this is obvious, this is not like, I guess this is kind of advice for anyone buying a house. At the time, we knew we could afford it, but we weren't thinking ahead. And thinking, and what happened was when we had Gemma, I realized I wanted to stay home with her. And it was honestly hard to live in that home and to afford it on just one primary income. So that's why I did have three part-time jobs and um, we won't go into that too much. But in the, there was, neg there was a negative experience kind of within the overall positive experience. So anyways, that kind of helped shape our views whenever we were buying our second house. Yeah, but, for sure. But the major thing, whenever we were buying our second house um, and we decided to buy a smaller house, the major influence was that we were now minimalists. So if Nick, if you wanna talk about a little bit about kind of our decision to move into a much smaller home. Well, with our second home choice, we were also in a different financial bracket. We knew that we wanted you to be home. You wanted to be home with Gemma, and we thought that was going to provide, and it is providing a lot of joint benefits to our home, having you home with her. And so now it was one primary income before when we were looking for the first one, it was two. And we were okay with that because that was what was more important to us was doing the things that brought us most joy, which included you staying home with Gemma. And so... We're looking into a second home, smaller financial budget of looking for a home. And we also knew that the first home with four bedrooms, we didn't use all that space. There was a lot of space that was just, just simply wasted and maybe used more often when people came to visit. Well, now we moved home closer to family back to the Pittsburgh area. We're not going to have family come visit because, well, they, well, they are coming to visit. They're just not staying. And so we don't need all that space to welcome in guests, and maybe that might be other folks' uh, circumstances, but now our circumstances have changed. We don't need all those extra bedrooms. So we wanted something smaller. We were thinking maybe three bedrooms, but then when we found this two bedroom home, uh, 
uh, it just felt like the right place. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I agree also that, you know, at first we were looking for three bedrooms because that just seemed like the normal thing to do. And honestly, whenever we decided to choose a two bedroom home, I had second thoughts about it. And it's mostly because I know that we are gonna grow our family. But what I realized was, I remember talking to my dad and saying, didn't you grow up in a three bedroom home with four siblings? And he was kind of like, yeah, it was fine. Like he didn't even really realize that he lived in a small home with a lot of people all his life. Like it just didn't even occur to him that, you know, he probably lived in very close quarters with his siblings and his family all his life. And I realized that that's just like, that was the normal, that was more normal then. That was like right now in general American culture, we live in homes that are like double, maybe triple the size of what people were living in in the 50s. And I don't know the facts on that, but I know that that's like anecdotally, that's most likely true. So why do we need all that extra space? Um, what is really the benefit of just having more space just for the sake of it? And I think that um, there are some downsides to having to when we had a four bedroom home, like we accumulated stuff just to have just to fill up the rooms, right? You wanted each room to kind of have a purpose. So if a room is completely empty, I mean, there's benefit to having space to move around. But I mean, what, what else are you going to do in that room? So you start to do what a lot of folks do. You accumulate things to put in that room. And well, that's what we did. Like you said, we accumulated things for spaces and rooms that we didn't even use. Yeah. And also it took way more time to clean. And that's just the obvious one. And for me, I don't love cleaning. So that was negative for me. Um, there were areas of the home that easily got neglected with cleaning, dusty and just like not even the, the guest room when it wasn't being used, it definitely got neglected. It definitely got just piled with extra stuff we didn't know what to do with. Um, and even our living spaces, like our own bedroom, we talked about this in our last episode, got piled with stuff just because we were accumulating for the space that we had. And in general, there's a lot of wasted space. There's just a lot of spaces that aren't even being used. And, you know, what's the purpose of that? So Nick, what do you think downsizing has changed for us the most? Well, living in our home, the space that we have, all of it is purposeful and useful. I, I think everywhere in our home we go to every day. There isn't a spot in our home that is just kind of left to its own and we only go in there time to time or if, or if it's only used just for storage. I believe every area in our home, we, we are there. And uh, well, with it being a smaller too, I have noticed our home tends to clutter fast when things do come into our home, when that does happen. And so I think that helps us stay on top of filtering what is coming into our home, what are we keeping, what are we donating, what is being used, what is useful and purposeful and beautiful. And that's definitely a lot more helpful to us to kind of have that figured out on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I definitely agree. I can feel when our house, like, gets too overrun by stuff and it doesn't take much to get to that point. So we really do have to stay minimal. And I think that's a huge difference in our other house. Um, even though we didn't necessarily have literal storage space, we had extra rooms that we just used as storage. And because like you said, we didn't go into those rooms. Um, we didn't even really realize we had an, an extreme excess of stuff and we weren't really thinking about it. Like we are consciously now, 
Um, but now we couldn't, we can't just hide the extra stuff that we have, even though we, we do have storage space in our basement. Um, it's not a lot and it, it's, we use, we even try to make that space purposeful. Um, we only store things that we know we're going to use in the future, like maybe a few baby things. Right. And, and I think another big thing that's been huge for us is that this home has, um, fits our lifestyle better. And we've, like we said, we, ch we chose it because I want to stay home with Gemma and any future um, kids that we may have. So this is just going to be more affordable for us. And I think that it's common to think that, you know, it's a status symbol to have a bigger house. So, you know, that's what you want. But I think it's more important that your house really fits kind of what's going to be affordable for your family. And us having a smaller home, you, you say this a lot, a small home means we're closer together. And us having a smaller home, well, we are always together in our home. And I think that's something we want to stick in the future, even as Gemma grows older, you know, into young childhood and even much later on, we want to, when we're home together as a family, we want to stay together. We don't want to close ourselves off in rooms from one, one another, but we want to be doing things together in our home. So having a smaller space does bring us closer together. Yeah. It, it has to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of forces that. So that's been huge for us. I do feel cozier and more homier in this home than I did in our past home. Okay. So let's go ahead and move on to tips for small home living. And I see tips for small home living. Well, a big area of thought is what about the kitchen? And well, we have a really small kitchen, right, Des? I mean, you're in there quite a bit. I'm in there every morning cooking breakfast. You're in there in the evenings cooking dinners. I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about uh, tips for what it looks like to have a small kitchen. Yeah, because that was one thing. And I think mostly... I would say in general it's for women, but some men do the cooking too. And hey, I cook breakfast. I know you do. I'm not. That's why I'm saying like I know some men do all the cooking. So I try to cook just, one dinner a week. Yeah, I think. exactly. I try to stay on top of that. You do, and you do a good <laughs> job. Um, but I think it's just you know stereotypically the woman goes into house shopping and thinking like I want to know about the kitchen. Like, what does the kitchen look like? What can I do with this kitchen? How is it going to be for me? And in our last house, I will admit, I do miss that kitchen. I loved that kitchen. It was very open. Um, I had a huge island. I had so much counter space. Um, and the kitchen we moved into, it's just not the same. Um, it has very little counter space, like very little. And it's pretty small. I would say the actual like space within the kitchen isn't that small. It's just that there's not very, very much counter space. It's kind of awkwardly set up in a way. Um, so there's been a lot of changes that I've had to make to adjust to that. But I feel like I've done it pretty graciously. Um, I haven't complained too much. Definitely in the beginning, I was like really angry about the kitchen. But now I have learned to love it. So some things, some tips for you if you have a small kitchen or if you have a small home in general um, is to hang things on the wall. And if those things can look pretty in some way. So if those things can kind of add to the decor of your home, if those things can be, um, you know, look beautiful or kind of artistic in some way, hang them on the wall. So we have pots and pans hanging on the wall. Um, they're pretty minimal. We had, we got rid of a ton of pots and pans because we realized that we don't need tons of them. So we have pots and pans hanging on the wall. We have a shelf where we have coffee mugs. So open shelving helps if you're able to 
keep things organized in that way. So hanging things on the wall and also in general, get rid of things that you don't use. And that's the huge thing with minimalism. But like practically, if you have a small kitchen or a small home, you cannot have stuff that you don't use unless you would like, like clutter everywhere. So we got rid of a ton in our kitchen, like I said, extra pots and pans. Like I only have one stock pot now instead of two. I don't know ever if I ever use two stock pots, but if I ever need it, I have people I can borrow it from. And I'm sure you have the same situation that wherever you live, you probably have someone that you could borrow something from if you needed extra. So let's move on to the next area, a quick tip of small home living. You touched upon the kitchen, right? Yeah. So talking about next tip is avoid having too much furniture. And I think I can talk a little bit about this pointing to our bedroom. You know, there's always that kind of, not always a pressure, but first thought when you're moving into a new home, if you don't have bedroom furniture, is okay, we need bedroom furniture. We need to have dressers to store our clothes. Uh, and we need nightstands on each side of the, the bed and you know everything that comes with you know f- filling in a bedroom, we don't have anymore. We did have a whole bedroom set in our last home, but now uh, we don't have any dressers, uh, no wardrobes, no nightstands. Small closet. <laughs> tiny closet. So that then means we have to have less clothes because we don't have enough, enough, as much storage. We do have sliding drawers. Uh, we have two. Each of us have two. And they're, they're under our bed. They're yeah. under our bed. Yeah, and, well, pretty much all of our clothes fit under there, and what doesn't goes into the closet, and it's a, it's a very small closet. Yeah, and I think, like, if you look at it, if you would see our bedroom, it feels super peaceful without all the extra furniture. Yeah, that's what I like a lot about it. And, we, and it has to be that way. Kind of to a degree because we do live in a smaller space, so we. It has to be that way because we have a smaller room. Um, but I think. But we kind of wanted it to, wanted it to be that way. Yeah, and I think commonality is you need a dresser, right? So even if you have a small room, you know, shove it in there somehow, and then it makes your room look cluttered. But um, for us, we didn't need to do that. We kind of found a creative way to store our clothes. We have less clothes. We don't need that much storage. So. It looks peaceful. And with less furniture, even in our living room, when we first moved in, we I think we both thought we were gonna get a couch and a love seat or two couches because we wouldn't have enough space for people to sit. But honestly, at least at this point, we have one couch and one chair. And it's a small chair. It's not like a chair that two people could shove into. Um, and that has been pretty sufficient, I think. I think we'd both sometimes like to be able to like sprawl out in the evening in our living room, but we're totally fine with the furniture that we have. And I was just thinking the other day, like if we did get a love seat or a couch, it would probably look cluttered in there. When we have people over, we just bring in extra chairs from our dining table. Um, just in general, we you know bring anything extra that people can sit on and it totally is fine. People sit on the floor, everyone's comfortable. Um, and I think everyone's totally happy with that. So in general, just don't clutter your house with furniture. Um, I think, you know, we want beautiful furniture. We want to have enough places to sit and, um, we want to have decorative furniture, but I think you'll probably notice that if you have less furniture, rooms feel more open. Now let's just talk about what if you don't live in a smaller home? So what are, can you be a minimalist if you have a giant home? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's totally fine. That is obviously a personal preference. Um, 
And everyone's life is different. Exactly. If you live in a small, in, sorry, if you live in a larger home, that doesn't mean you can't live with less and ha- live a more intentional life that isn't focused on things. It doesn't mean that you have to have empty rooms just because you're not going to use those rooms as much. Um, we mentioned before that we had more bedrooms than we needed, but we still used those for when family and friends came to visit. And I think a lot of people are in that position. We are no longer in that position now, living closer to family, but having more space definitely serves a purpose. And if you're completely content with that, I think that's okay. Yeah. And I think, I think that if you aren't loving your space, then I think that the question you, questions you can ask yourself are just, why is that? So does it feel overwhelming? Like you have too much stuff. You're not able to manage the space that you have. You're not able to clean the space that you have. Then those questions can kind of lead you to the benefits of minimalism and why you should adopt minimalism in your home, um, even if it's a larger home, just because having less stuff and focusing on the things that you actually love in your home are going to make you a more content person in the home that you have. If you desire a larger home, that's the next kind of note that we have on this. Either now, right now, so you're living in a small home and you want more space, or someday, I think that's okay too. At least, I think it might be okay. I think there are situations where this isn't okay. So I'm not trying to say that we are going to forever be in this two-bedroom home. However, a lot of times when we talk about like, yeah, we might be because I never really want to move again. Yeah, we hate moving, and I don't think <laughs> At least at this time, we just moved, so the thought of trying to pack up and move and the whole process of what that looks like again, I do not want to do. Yeah, I think our conversations about this home more so revolve around, like, how can we make it work forever in this smaller space rather than do we eventually want to have a bigger home? So... It's okay, regardless, it's okay to want more space. But my question to you and some questions to reflect on, just like I kind of gave you, if you do live in a larger home and you're discontent with it, my question is, why do you want more space? So what is your intention behind it? Is it because you just had dinner at a friend's house and they've got a five bedroom house with a finished basement and there's like a fancy bar in the basement and a backyard with an in-ground pool? Um, There's nothing wrong with your friend's house, but your intentions behind wanting a larger house might be based on like house envy, right? So you might think that you should have the things that your friends have, um, that because they have it, that means you should too. Why not? Why do you, why do you have less than them? That's not fair. Obviously that's a totally normal thought process, but it's not a, it's not necessarily like a positive beneficial thought process. It's not, it's not a good reason to want a bigger home. In that case, I think look around, like if you're not content with your home, how can you be? Think about, I think I was just thinking about this yesterday. I try to, like if I'm journaling and if I'm feeling discontent with what I have, I think about what enough is. So think about what is enough. Um, You can even make, I've heard this before, make an enough list. So what is enough for you? And most likely that enough list that literally what do you need to live what do you need to be content? You're gonna realize that you have a lot more than what you need, even when it comes to the space in your home. Um, if you do want a bigger home because you have like a whole lot of kids and it feels like you're all on top of each other and that doesn't feel like a good feeling, 
or you want to open your home up to lots of family dinners and invite neighbors over all the time and you want to have more space for them. I don't think you need more space for that, but um, if you can actually afford a bigger home and if that's your intention, then there's totally nothing wrong with that. Okay. So we talked about downsizing and we talked about tips for living in a small, smaller home, targeting the kitchen, targeting having less stuff, less furniture, making it useful and purposeful. We even talked uh, just now more about what it looks like if you do have a large space or large home. It is okay. Can you be a minimalist? For sure. Um, but it's important to ask those questions on why do you have your space? Do you feel the pressures to have more or do you want a larger home? And then ask yourself those questions. Why, why do you truly want a bigger home? Uh, and then I think that will help you, you know, make a good uh, you know, decision for you and your family. But we have one more question we're going to target. We talked, I think, in the first two episodes, right? Maybe it was just the one. Maybe I think it was both. We talked about listener questions. We're always going to try to target a listener question to bring up an answer. And today's listener question is, how do you handle being a minimalist and a book lover? Ebooks aren't my thing, so what do I do with all my books? Yeah, so our listener definitely does not want to be reading ebooks all the time. Um, and I and, get that. Yeah, and I think that's like the typical suggestion. Like, oh, if you have tons of books and you want to be a minimalist and you want to get rid of those books, then obviously just read ebooks. And, and I think his point was I'm in front of a screen all day already. And I get it. I don't always want to be in front of a screen when I'm reading. I, I like having a physical book in my hand. Yeah, and I I also do too. I, I do like ebooks, but I like books. Like, I was an English major. Um, I like the look of books. I like having books. So what did we do about books, Nick? Because we also are book lovers. Right. We used to have a, we used to have quite a bit of books. A lot. Yeah. Right. So we went through all the books when we were going through all of our stuff and overhauling our home. We went through the books. We kept the books we loved. We donated the books that, hey, we already read. We know we're not going to read again. We didn't love that book, but we're glad we read it. But hey, we don't really need it or want it anymore. So we donated those. And now the books we have... I think all of them are on display in our home. They're not just put in boxes in storage. They are on display, they're used as part of our home. People can come in and see, and it tells a little bit about us when folks come into our home. They're not just there as decorations, but they are there to decorate, make our home beautiful, but they are a part of us. You know, I really think books sink into you uh, and they become a part of your life. I love reading. I tell that to my students. I'm a PE teacher and they always think it's funny that I love reading so much. You don't typically think of that when it comes to your phys ed teacher, but I love reading and heck, you know, it typically brings books in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of an overall tip that goes along with that, not just about books, but you, it's okay to have stuff that you love if it's purposeful to you. And if you count it as beautiful, display it in a way that is purposeful. So books, when, how that relates to books, I think there are a couple ways you can display books that look pretty beautiful. We we kind of color block our books um, in a way. Our books at least are together with similar colors, and I like the way that looks personally. You can also store them kind of facing the opposite way as books usually do so that you see the pages and that kind of creates a cool appeal, but either way, experiment with it, make them, display them in a way that um, looks nice and kind of adds to the decor in your home. And also 
lend out books to friends. If you don't want to have a lot of books, or if you at least don't want to accumulate a lot more, even if you are a book lover, join a library. Um, that's a, definitely a good minimalist tip. Borrow books, then you won't be accumulating them. Um, but if you do love them, totally, you know, keep a space for in your home for books, and or keep multiple spaces in your home for books, and you know. I would say the biggest tip is just only keep the ones that you love and you think you'll read again or that you want to lend out for to friends or go back and reference in the future. So we both like reading, both like books. We definitely still have a good amount of books, but way less than we used to simply by taking those steps, keeping only the ones we love and then donating and giving away the others. That has definitely helped narrow down our library, the amount of books that we have in our house. I think that's a good way to start. Yeah, and a good um, real quick tip of what to do. You can obviously take your book to any Goodwill or Salvation Army, um, the books that you're not going to keep, but you can also usually take them to local libraries. And I know. What, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, and we contributed to like a library book sale that helps the library kind of go on each year. So it helps them kind of get their funds year to year. So look into that if you could donate your books to a library or not. Um, and I think that's all we have for this episode. I want to close with saying that we think minimalism is about being content with what you have in general, um, no matter what area of life you're talking about. And I think that the home is such an important place. Whether you live in an apartment, an RV, or single family home, or a shared home, whatever, wherever you live, the home is an important place to be. And having only things that you love, getting rid of the excess, and using things that you have well is going to make it a place um, that you want to be. It's going to make it a place that feels like home. So whether you're a minimalist or not, that's just a good practical tip for making your home an intentional and happy place. Whether you have a small home or a larger one, I think your home is a place that you can make fit within the values of minimalism, regardless of what it looks like. It's just about making it a space where you keep the things that are beautiful to you and where you focus on your family. You focus on the people that you live with. And I think that's really it. Yeah, that's it for today. So thank you so much for listening in and we will see you. We will talk to you. Every time I say we will see you next time, but we don't see you guys and you don't see us. So we will talk to you next time. This has been an episode of the Minimalist Family Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And if you're loving the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. It will definitely help us get the word out and help other people discover our podcast. Even better, go ahead and share this with a friend that you know will love it too. We hope to see you back here next week. Until then, cheers to living with less stuff and more joy.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.